This is our final episode of this season of the 43%. We began at the height of COVID, a month into quarantine, and we set out to speak with women at all points of motherhood, at all points of their careers, about how they were navigating this new normal. And then protests against systematic racism swept the country, and I began speaking with women about the ways that they and listeners might inspire change in their own workplaces. This week, I spoke with Sabrina Tucker Barrett. Sabrina is the CEO and founder of Girls for Technology, a Connecticut-based nonprofit. And Sabrina's work, which supports Black and other girls and women of color in STEM, embodies both paths from this season. In quarantine, her business has flourished. Girls and women across the country have joined Sabrina's online courses and programming that cover everything from building pitch decks to handling microaggressions in the office. And in uplifting these girls and women and giving them a space to learn and a platform in which to share their experiences, Sabrina teaches them, you are enough, you are valuable, and you will make a difference. Sabrina's story is an amazing example of what can really happen when women start up. I'm Claudia Reuter, author of the new book, Yes, You Can Do This, How Women Start Up, Scale Up, and Build the Life They Want. And this is the third season of The 43%. Good morning, Sabrina. You are, you know, you are an inspiration. You have so many amazing things that you're working on. And if you could share who you are, what you're working on right now and why. Um, I'm a mother. I'm a mother of twins. I'm a wife. I'm a daughter. I'm a founder of uh, an amazing organization called Girls for Technology, a nonprofit organization located here in Connecticut. I'm an entrepreneur, a mentor, and I'm just a, a Black woman in America that is really about empowering communities. What, can you share, what is Girls for Technology? What, what is your organization? What do you do and, and why did, how and why did you start it? Sure. Yeah. So Girls for Technology, we, as I said, we are a nonprofit organization really about mobilizing Black and brown women and girls uh, to create systemic change by using technology and innovation. Uh, we started in 2015 uh, out of a community need. We realized that uh, there weren't certain opportunities within the educational system when it came to black and brown girls. And I wanted to do something that really gave back. I had worked in corporate for about eight years in the insurance industry and realized that as a black woman, I wasn't moving up the corporate ladder the way I envisioned. And, and so I, I've always had a passion for technology. I I was a entrepreneur at a very, very early age when I think I started my first lemonade stand at 10 years old. It was just a, you know, I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. My, my dad was an entrepreneur. And so I wanted to kind of step out on my own path. I had twins and I said, okay, I'm going to leave corporate and, and, and figure this nonprofit landscape out. And my, my husband had nonprofit experience. And then that's how, you know, Girls for Technology started. Um, we kind of meshed our, our uh, likings together and some of our professional experience. And to date, we've served about 800 young girls and women. And what was your vision, your initial vision when you were putting together that grant for Girls for Technology? What what was it that was motivating you to think about this nonprofit that you knew you could develop? Yeah, yeah. So the initial vision was 
at the time, uh, back in 2012, there weren't really many programs out there that focused on specifically, especially in the state of Connecticut, black and brown girls and technology within the K through 12 space. And that's that's where it started. But since then, we've kind of branched off and we've uh, started programs around workforce development in the 18 to 24 year old space, helping uh, women start businesses. And, and so it's growing to be so much more than what it initially started out as five years ago. Can you share a little bit about what it looks like today? Like what's happening in the world of COVID? Right. Yeah. So even just with Girls for Technology, I see so many businesses either shifting or you see businesses that are going out of business. And we've been so fortunate that this has been a good time, surprisingly, for the organization. We've been able to kind of pivot our model from, you know, being in a brick and mortar, being in a school or being having to use a building facility or being within a college and shifting our programming to now a virtual environment. And it has really taken off where now we're getting students from California and Virginia that are asking to be in our programs. Now we're able to really expand our reach where Pre-COVID, you know, we would have had to maybe establish uh, partnerships within other states. We can actually have the participants coming directly to us in a virtual landscape. That is one of the things I think is so interesting. You know, if you look at the the glass half full, right, of everything going on, one is this ability to impact people in a bigger way virtually. So for a young woman coming into your program, what are some of the things that they experience? You know, early on, that was very important to us was creating a brand, but within that brand, creating an experience. And what does that experience look like? It experience looks like a young girl that may have come into the program very shy and and maybe possibly lacking self-esteem and not sure of herself, leaving with the self-confidence to be able to go out into the world, whether it's the workforce or to be able to go out and say, okay, now I know I feel confident to be able to complete math and science and go out into the workforce and think about being able to stand up to corporate America. They may have to learn how to code switch or, you know, business etiquette or Salesforce development, um, Google Analytics. Um, Mm. That's all being taught directly within our our workforce development program, which is called Pipeline 4.0. What's the typical profile of a woman or girl coming in? Are they typically pre-college, high school, mid-career, career shifting, like, or is it across the board? Yeah. So for our Pipeline 4.0, which is an accelerated workforce development program over the course of 12 weeks, they must be between the ages of 18 to 24, an opportunity youth. So either they're unemployed or underemployed, um, but they can have a college background. We have some participants that um, have graduated from Say, let's uh, say one of our participants graduated from the University of Miami. Um, we have someone that just graduated from high school. But what they all are passionate about is technology, innovation, entrepreneurship. And so they have a high motivation, and that's what we are looking for. You know, it's not necessarily they have to know how to code because that's, those are skills that can be taught. But are they motivated to learn how to code? Are they motivated to get into uh, digital marketing? whatever the space may be that they want to. But we, we do focus on uh, three pillars, which is business operations, entrepreneurship, advanced manufacturing. 
so often people talk about getting into technology and a lot of people just put blinders on and think it means, you know, oh great, we're just learning how to code. And there's so that's there's so many opportunities within that space, some of which people don't even think about, like to your point, advanced manufacturing or digital marketing. Like what's the the most exciting thing or most impactful thing that you've, you know, seen happen as a result of your organization in the last few years? On a personal level, you know, during the Obama administration, I was invited to the White House for Black and Brown youth uh, in STEM. We had the chance to compete against um, a group of 20 other youth teams that were creating a chatbot using AI. And so our students flew out to Facebook and we actually won one of four prizes on a national level. And so we now are award-winning nonprofit organization. Wait, oh my, um, this is amazing. So you, you, you start this nonprofit in 2015. How much later were you in the White House? And then 2016, 2016 you're in the White House. And then when were you out at Facebook? Um, Facebook's 2019. That's amazing. And yeah. and your team or the, your organization that you pulled together actually won one of the competitions out there? Yes, they did. Yes. So That's they competed amazing. against, like I said, 20 other teams across the U.S. And they created this chatbot called Ebony. And Ebony was about diversity within the workplace. Uh, employees, Black and brown employees would be able to chat with Ebony if they were to have maybe an HR situation. And so instead of going to their HR or to their boss, they could communicate with Ebony and maybe Ebony could, you know, give them tips and and tools on how to handle situations um, within the workplace. Who who were the women or girls involved? What did you guys have to do to prepare? Like Yes, so dying to know. (laughs) Yes, so Facebook provided the curriculum. They learned things around Scrum methodology, business operations, how to create a chat bot using chat fuel. And so Facebook actually has the curriculum and and so we just kind of executed it. I gathered four young women that had already participated in the organization uh, previously. Um, These were high school students. A couple of them are now actually in college, two of them, and one actually just graduated this year and one next year. And so we started brainstorming, doing some design thinking and just thinking about things that affected them in everyday life. And so some of them had internships. Uh, Some of them experienced certain things within school. And what they all found was that being a a brown or a black young woman, they felt different being in the workplace through maybe their internships and didn't know how to maybe necessarily navigate corporate America or Mm -hmm. didn't know how to navigate certain situations when they were in a school setting, you know, that they may experience. And so that's kind of what drove their passion. And, um, you know, we have some great people on our team, on Girls for Technology team that kind of just drew those ideas out. And then they ended up just kind of putting it all together. And they came up with a chatbot name, which was Ebony. Some, you know, Ebony is Black and, it, and Ebony kind of looked like them. They created kind of like an emoji uh, for Ebony and they pitched their idea. And we had a lot of people that helped them from the community to create a pitch deck and what that would look like. I mean, they learned so much in a short amount of time. Do you mind sharing like, what are some of the, the things that the Ebony app would help with? 
you know, everything that's going on that you hear on the news, whether it be George Floyd or just things that Blacks or Black Americans are facing, Brown communities are facing, um, especially within the workforce around HR issues. Mm -hmm. So they would be able to find HR laws directly by asking Ebony. Um, so just think of uh, going, you know, Bank of America has a chat bot. And so you can actually talk, you know, talk to the chat bot or, or type the chat bot mm -hmm. questions and it kind of respond back. And, and that was the same idea for Ebony. Things around how should I wear my hair within the workplace? How should I dress within the workplace? And and so just everyday questions that a millennial or a young professional um, may not necessarily know how to act within the workplace. Ebony was that kind of uh, medium in between. Ready to live your best hair life in 2020? Then you need Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty is the internet's top-rated customized hair care brand with over 30,000 five-star customer reviews and counting. Curly or straight, natural or processed, Function of Beauty individually formulates every bottle based on your unique hair type, style preferences, and hair goals. All it takes is a short online quiz. Head to functionofbeauty.com slash four three to take your own quiz now. In just four questions, Function of Beauty helped me pinpoint what I really wanted out of my product. Lots of shine and no frizz. The products are so personalized, they even let me design the scent. I picked eucalyptus and they even put my name on the bottle. Now my hair routine feels intentional, like it has purpose, like we've had a talk about KPIs and it's on track to hit its Q2 goals. Plus, Function of Beauty is vegan and cruelty-free. They never use sulfates, parabens, mineral oils, or any other harmful ingredients. To get started right now, go to functionofbeauty.com slash four three to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash four three. Don't spend another minute in hair misery. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash the number four, the number three, to let them know that we sent you. That's functionofbeauty.com slash 43. What do you hope this, this builds and turns into in the future? So we have our workforce uh, development, like I said, Pipeline 4.0. We have our after-school program, which is K through 12. And so we go directly within the school for our middle school students, or our elementary school students, and we provide them experiences as far as teaching them around STEM and homework help. And we make sure that we have teachers uh, that directly work within the school and we hire the teachers to work directly with the students and we teach the, you know, train the teachers up on how, you know, to best work with the students with STEM skills and those type of things. And then we have our annual HBCU tour where mm -hmm. we take about 30 young women uh, to the DMV area to visit, visit colleges such as Howard University and 
uh, Morgan State and, and various HBCUs. And then we also take them to the historically black museum uh, that's down in Washington. And so, you know, you know, students that ne may not have been able to leave a 2.0 mile radius are now able to envision themselves at colleges and universities and, and districts that don't necessarily look like Hartford, Connecticut. And then we have programs that um, are, you know, just kind of like one-offs where we'll do them from time to time. Um, you know, we actually have a, a new partnership actually with uh, Raytheon Technologies. And so it's called Tech Futures. And we have students that are in college, uh, young women that are in college. They must be either a sophomore, sophomore up to senior year, and they're interested in getting to engineering. And so now we're in the recruiting process now. But like I said, we have students that are from, you know, University of Virginia, UCLA that are applying. And so we have students from all across the U.S. that are applying, and we're going to accept 15 students into this cohort, and it will be in a virtual uh, environment. And so we're teaching them how to create a business Canva or a business plan using business Canva, business operations and engineering. And, and, and we always want to make sure that we're also incorporating an entrepreneurship in all of our programs. And so how to create your own, um, what does that look like? The, the scale at which you've built this, the companies you're interacting with, whether it's Facebook or Raytheon, and you're a mom of twins. How old are your kids right now? They're seven, and I'm trying to figure out how do I juggle this all? <laughs> you know, what how do I mean, what is yeah. it I'm like you during COVID? I mean, we're, the whole world has obviously been shut down, but um, how has it been running this amazing business with? seven-year-olds. I mean, I, I yeah. you know, tell people I feel lucky and all of this because my kids are now teenagers. It's been a lot easier to navigate, but I uh -huh. I feel for the folks with younger kids. So I'm wondering how, how's it going for you right now with that? Yeah. In the initial stages, I was, I wasn't quite sure how I was going to be able to do it, but it's been, I have to say, it's been an amazing experience um, being able to spend so much more time with them because they're not in school now. And now I'm working from home and, and we're able, I'm able to do all these classes through Zoom and do all of my work through Zoom. And so it's, it's, it's worked out, it's worked out just fine for me, but it, it's, it's been an experience. I'm, I'm happy that I've been able to spend so much more time with them where normally I, you know, they would have been in school. Like I said, I would have been out at work and the office. And so it's been an amazing experience. And, and they're still, they're still really young, obviously. Do they know what your, what your job is or what your business oh, yes. is? <laughs> oh, yes. They know all about girls for technology. They already said that they're going to start a business when, you know, it's like, you know, me and my husband were very entrepreneurial minded. And, and, and so, you know, my son, he's into gaming. And so he wants to create something where he's creating maybe a YouTube station. And my daughter, she's very uh, real creative. And so she wants to create, you know, some type of business. And so they know all about girls for technology. We also have a subsidiary, like a branch off called Boys Code that we just started. And that's for black and brown young men. And so my husband is leading that up part time. Oh, I love that. You know, that's so. I have two boys, and I'm obviously passionate about trying to get you know raise the the voice and get you know more happening for women. Um, but I sometimes wonder, like, how how am I serving my boys and in, in my pursuits? And I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? It sounds like you you've obviously already started. On yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. 
I don't know. I feel like there aren't, as much as there's not enough programs for girls, there's sometimes not programs that, you know, are centered around boys specifically. Um, I, I see that there is kind of a little bit of a lack there also, especially when it comes to in, within innovation. And, you know, it's just kind of thought that, oh, you know, because it's a male dominated society that, oh, they'll kind of figure it out. But this is a new world that we're living in. And, and when we think about technology, not every one is going to be able to kind of be in that space. And we want to make sure that everyone is able to compete especially when we think about brown and black young men, you know, just in general, they're not there. In general, they're not there for women, Um, but there aren't programs specifically that focus on either demographics enough. I think, you know, we're going to see so many new opportunities. And so it's so great that you've created an organization designed to cultivate people to be ready for these new roles that are coming, whether regardless of where they are in their you know, educational journey or career path. You're obviously in this leadership. I mean, you've created a business. You're, you're impacting not just Hartford, but you're impacting people more globally now at this point, especially with COVID and the shift to virtual. You're a mom, you're a wife. How did you get here? What what did your career path look like when you were just starting out? Like, did you did you ever envision this is where you would be? Absolutely not. <laughs> Never in a million years did I think that I would be a founder of a nonprofit organization. As I said, always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but didn't quite know how and what that would look like. Um, my background has kind of been, it hasn't been a straight or narrow path. You know, I grew up, um, I wouldn't say a poor family, but I mean, our, my family had struggles um, and, you know, it was times when, you know, the family was uh, on food stamps or um, I had a working mom. My father was disabled um, at a little bit later in my life. He had headed up a, a very successful small uh, business and around heavy highway construction. And, and so, so when I was around six years old, he became very ill. And so my mother was more so the breadwinner. And then I went on to college and I had to unfortunately step away from college for a while because my parents couldn't afford it and financially mm-hmm. just didn't cover the full cost. I ended up moving to the Hartford area after meeting my husband and then I took some, you know, worked in corporate for a while and, and then took some time off to have kids. And, and so it's, it's kind of, it's kind of been a path to get to where I am. And, and I tell young women and, and women that if I can do it, they can do it too. Oh, I love it. Cause the, I think that is one of the big challenges out there is the storytelling, right? Like the, we, we all kind of get this, or I at least kind of always had this idea like, oh, there's this perfect linear career path. You know, you, you go to school, you go to college, you get this job, yeah. you do this thing. And, you know, I was at a, an alumni event a few years ago and there was a young woman who was clearly like already stressed out. Cause she was taking on, I mean, an what sounded to me like an insane amount of money for um, loans, right? Uh-huh. So she was going to come out of college with, you know, six figures worth of student loans. And then, you know, she was like, and I, I want to have a family someday. And I don't see how, you know, we're getting so much pressure to do certain things. And yet yeah. the structure isn't really easy. Um, so I I love to hear from from people who are, are not following maybe the prescriptive path and yet have so much more success. You know, one last question, if you could go back in time and 
you know, maybe whisper something to your say 18 year old or 17 year old self, what would you say? Oh my gosh. So I've, I've, I'm still, I would say somewhat of an introvert, but what I would say to my 18 year old, 18 year old self is network, 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 because your network is your net worth. You know, the more that you can get out there and network with people and meet new people and kind of open your mouth and so that they can learn about you and you can learn about them. You never know what opportunities that may be right in front of you. Um, So I feel like my 18 year old self, I was very shy and 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 wasn't, you know, as confident and sure of myself and, and I didn't put myself out there enough. And even kind of in hindsight, even when working in corporate America, I was very bullish about my career and I wanted to be, you know, you know, I was only 25 and I just thought I should be the CEO of the company. Like, (laughs) I think I could do the job, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But but I, what I didn't do was with even within while I was there, I, I didn't speak up enough and I didn't and then I didn't speak up about things that I felt that affected me or affected people that looked like me, even within the workplace. And, and I feel like that could have gotten me even even further earlier on. So I would say network, but also even what I did, what I failed to mention within Girls for Technology is people don't see the kind of the, the behind the scenes, the grind, the the hard work, the sleepless nights that I have put into the organization and that many entrepreneurs, especially when you're looking to build a brand, a sustainable brand and, and a brand that that will last for years to come. There's a lot of blood, sweat and tears that kind of go into it on the back end. And people always see like like the beautifulness when it comes out, but they don't see a lot of the hard work. That's it for this season of the 43%. Thank you to all of our guests, Elizabeth Presta, Sadie Lincoln, Jenny Lawton, Maureen Beza, Annie Reuter, Sarah Boyd, Chris Laughlin, Aaron Sparler, Minda Bruce, Nina Vaca, Sarah Joyce, Natalie Nixon, and Sabrina M. Tucker Barrett. If you're interested in learning more about the ways that women can continue to advance change and equity in leadership, please check out my new book, Yes, You Can Do This, How Women Start Up, Scale Up, and Build the Life They Want. If you could take just a minute to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks again. The 43% is produced by me, Claudia Reuter. Maddie Foley, and the entire team at Wonder Media Network. Our executive producer is Jenny Kaplan. You can follow Wonder Media on Twitter at WMN Media and on Instagram at WMN.media. I'm on Twitter too at Reuter underscore Claudia. You can also learn more about each episode at www.the43percent.com. Thanks again for listening.